Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the CauseCon podcast, where we're continuing the conversation from CauseCon 2016 in Kansas City. If you remember, we've been working through the head, the heart, and the hands, knowing and being and doing the things that God is calling us to, the kind of things that help us find a cause to live for and really get in touch with God's heart for the world. My name is Matt Stout. I'm your host coming to you from Blue Root Vineyard just outside of Philadelphia. And let me tell you, it's been an incredible privilege to hear uh, just all the exciting news of all the things that God did in Kansas City. And we have the privilege today to listen in on a conversation between Justin Gentinen from Multiply Vineyard and Katie Frainer from the Duluth Vineyard about some powerful moments in Katie's CauseCon journey. Let's listen in. Hi, folks. Uh, this is Justin Juntinen uh, from Multiply Vineyard, and um, today we're we're following up just about a week after CauseCon, um, and we want to do some reflection and process. What was all the things that that God was doing um, in your life and in the the lives of so many young adults at CauseCon? Um, so we wanted to bring in uh, somebody who really had a wonderful experience. Um, we're going to talk today with uh, Katie Frainer. Katie is on staff at the Duluth Vineyard uh, in Duluth, Minnesota. Uh, she works there uh, on the admin team uh, with our college ministries and also with our youth ministry. Uh, and she is a lover of all things outdoors here in the beautiful uh, north. Hi, Katie. How are you today? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's so good to have you. And uh, I guess maybe the first question is, did you survive the ride there and back? <laughs> and have you rested a little bit since CauseCon? Um, barely. Uh, it was a very crowded van. We had 14 people in a 15-passenger van um, with all of our luggage. So there was limited leg room. Um, and it took forever to get there, it seemed like. But that's a good bonding experience to share close quarters with people for that long of a period of time. I'm sure you weren't the only one uh, crammed in a church van heading yes. to CosCon. Uh, n judging by how many folks we had there, uh, <laughs> it was such an, an amazing event. And and today we want to just talk a little bit about you know what your experience was, how God spoke to you, um, and then kind of now now moving after that, how do we go? Uh, one of the big themes that we've really been talking about is how do we go from these catalytic events to a continuous process. It felt like every other speaker at CosCon was talking about how Jesus doesn't just meet us in the mountaintops, he meets us in the ditches more mm -hmm. often. That was Sarah Carlisle, one of our amazing speakers. And it, it really feels like um, we wanna do that well. And so, Katie, I wanna just hear what, what really drew you to CosCon? You know, what, out of all the marketing and stuff that was going out, um, what made you say, hey, I'm going to jump in a, a van full of 14 folks and drive 10 plus hours to get mm -hmm. to this conference? Yeah, I think I was drawn initially to the event um, just as a way to set aside a period of time to process with Jesus about um, what he might be calling me into. Um, I think the thing that really hooked me and made me want to come was this idea of discernment and a space to discern with other people that are in a similar stage of life. And then with older leaders in the vineyard movement that want to pour into young people and help them in that process. So I think that's what drew me initially. That's good. That's, that's the hope, I think, of the whole vision of the conference. Uh, and it's so good to be, to hear that from you so clearly expressed. Um, 
So then, then you arrived. So that, that drew you in, you jumped in the van, uh, and you got to Kansas City. Um, what, what was the experience like, kind of just arriving there and being with, you know, 450 or so young adults? Yeah, it was super fun. I think just to the energy at the church when you walked in was super tangible. Like you could see everybody was excited to be there. Everybody was coming in with expectation of what Jesus was going to do. Um, and so it was really fun. There was a lot of buzz and just meeting folks and introducing myself to new folks from other vineyard churches. Um, and I think the, the excitement just continued to grow throughout the conference too, and especially going into these times of worship. There would be these moments where uh, the worship leaders would pull back from the microphone and you could just hear everybody in the church singing their hearts out and singing praises to Jesus and sometimes singing their own songs too. And it was just really special to be in a room with 450, 500 young adults just going after Jesus with all they've got. And yeah, it was just cool to experience that all together. Yeah, I love, uh, in my role, I work with a lot, of, a lot of pastors and I love how they talk about um, kind of the old, old vineyard days. You know, we hear John Wimber's name get mentioned a lot, a lot of these old times. And what I felt like being at CauseCon was like, these are the same moments that those pastors were experiencing years ago. Yeah. Um, because it was, it was this environment of young adults who were super committed and just giving their lives to Jesus. And also the Holy Spirit just showed up, right? And like yeah. was so present there um, with everybody in the room. So uh, it, it really feels like for those, those pastors who say, wow, the yesteryear uh, of the vineyard was like, oh, that was, that was so good. Um, mm -hmm. I just want to say, hey, come to CosCon because yeah, it's still happening for sure. Yeah. Jesus is moving. The, the time is ripe. Uh, and I, and I, I heard that from a lot of the, the vineyard pastors who were there, especially um, from the folks at Vineyard Overland Park. We were so thankful to have uh, them as, as hosts, um, and they just took care of us really well. Yeah. So, Katie, uh, in our podcast, we're kind of having this conversation with um, really kind of a threefold framework of our head, our hands, and our hearts kind of the knowing, being, and doing. And so I want to unpack that with you. What, you know, as you think about the head of the experience you had, the perspectives you gained, um, the knowledge that you learned while being there, um, what, were, what were some new or really helpful perspectives uh, that you were able to hear while at CosCon, hearing from so many different voices from the vineyard? Yeah, there is a lot that Jesus was doing in me and through my friends there at the conference too. Um, I think the biggest way that I could summarize what Jesus was doing in me was bringing healing to me in areas that I didn't know that I needed healing and empowering me in ways that I didn't know that I need empowering. And um, yeah, I think the one of the cool topics that we continued to bring up throughout CosCon was the idea of reconciliation and diversity in the vineyard movement and the church, um, and especially the area of women in leadership. Um, and there's all these speakers talking about how we want to see more women raised up in leadership and um, to empower them as Jesus is trying to with all of their giftings and see uh, more women and even senior le levels of leadership in the vineyard. And when I was hearing all of these speakers like Amanda Nash and there's Tara Wallace and um, Jamie from Coast Vineyard, just talking about their experiences and sharing their stories. I was feeling Jesus really shift my perspective to um, 
just showing me how I wasn't stepping into leadership because I had had some past hurts of feeling like I wasn't qualified as a woman in leadership. And I didn't know that that was there. And so as I was hearing these speakers and through worship, Jesus just speaking to me, he was kind of uncovering a lot of this junk that was in my heart um, and the ways that I had been set up to think about women in leadership. And I don't think I would have ever articulated before CosCon that I wasn't stepping into leadership because I was a woman, because I knew the truth, right? I knew that Jesus throughout his whole ministry was calling women into ministry and inviting them into the kingdom and participating with him in that. Um, and we see that throughout the whole Bible. And I, I knew the truth and I am a part of a church now that empowers women uh, to be in leadership and to pastor and to be everything that God's created them to be. Um, so I wouldn't have ever articulated like, yeah, that's why I feel disqualified just because I'm a woman. Um, but as people were sharing their stories and I was connecting with folks and listening to Jesus through worship, Jesus started to unpack these um, past hurts that I had about um, leading as a woman. And um, just part of my story, I, I grew up going to a church that had a female pastor, but I also was attending a Christian school, kindergarten through 12th grade, um, that was a denomination that didn't ordain women. And I loved all of my leaders in the school. Um, the men that were teaching Bible classes, I learned so much from them, and they were really Jesus-loving people. Um, but they had said some things that really stuck with me about how they thought women could lead, but just not as pastors, or women had giftings, but not as much as men in teaching or these other leadership areas. And I remember conversations with my friends in high school saying, like, you know, agreeing with these Bible teachers and saying, you know, men can lead men and men can lead women, but men have a hard time listening to women, or it's hard for men to submit to a woman in teaching. It's just not practical. It just doesn't work. It's not God's best design. And as Jesus was stirring up things in me throughout um, my youth and into my college years, I think I remembered some of those things and um, I felt like what God might be calling me to, what he might have made me for, won't be received by people. And even though I knew the truth of who Jesus was and that I was qualified to lead because Jesus is using everyone and the gifts of the Spirit are not gender specific, I knew the truth of all those things. But what was underneath all that was I felt like who God had made me to be wouldn't be accepted or received. And so since other people were shutting the door on that, I would just shut the door for myself. I would not step into what God might be calling me to because I thought people wouldn't receive it. And so to just kind of name that, to name that, um, that hurt and those lies that had been spoken to me about what uh, I was able to do as a woman, they stuck with me even though I knew the truth and I just wasn't stepping into leadership or ministry in the way that God was calling me to because of those things. And so once that was named and once I got to hear more stories and be inspired of women in leadership, Jesus started to heal me like he does and restore me and um, to speak words of encouragement to me in those times of worship. And I remember specifically after hearing a lot of these stories throughout the conference, having this moment during worship where we got to pause for those spiritual direction exercises and we got to ask Jesus, like, what do you have for me? What do you want to speak to me? And I felt like Jesus just kept saying to me, like, you are welcome here. Like, there's a place for you here. You're welcome here. And I felt like he was speaking that not only in my place in the kingdom and what I would do in leadership in the church or in ministry, 
but also like in the Vineyard family, like looking around at all these people, encouraging and cheering on women to be all that God has called them to be in any area of leadership he might be calling them into. Um, I just felt like you have a place here, like you have people around you that will support you and encourage you and spur you on to what God's calling you to do. So um, yeah, that's my story of what Jesus has been doing to me throughout the conference. gosh, Katie, thank you so much for just being willing to be honest about that and share that because, you know, you what you talked about there wasn't just uh, a weekend at a conference. You know, you talked about sort of a whole history of being brought up to that that was some pretty heavy stuff. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think that's why it, from the sounds of it, like it's so important, the work that Jesus did because of kind of some of those hurts that had been piled up. And, and I loved how you said there were some things you knew about and you were able to reflect on them. And then stuff that you you didn't even realize sort of were, were holding you back. Um, how, kind of how did that play out? You know, how did maybe some of those things that you knew uh, were a part of it and then some of those things that you didn't even know were needing to be sort of healed in you? Uh, how, how did that feel? It was a really cool experience for Jesus to just kind of dig those things out of me and show them to me. I kind of felt like he was rummaging around in my head and my heart and just pulling things out for me to look at. And um, I mean, even more recently, I had a relationship end because of these differences. So some of that stuff was fresh and I knew that Jesus wanted to, uh, to work on me. Um, this relationship had ended because um, my boyfriend had had different opinions about women in leadership and had grown up in a church that didn't ordain women. Um, so some of that stuff was fresh and Jesus wanted to do so much more and go so much deeper than just, you know, healing me from a relationship that ended. He wanted to um, empower me as a woman in leadership and show me that I had something to bring to the table. Um, so it was cool to see how sometimes I feel like I can come to Jesus and say like, Jesus, here's what I need from you. One, two, three, like I need healing from this. I need help with this. And he always has so much more and he just wants to give me life abundantly. So even things that I felt like I needed from Jesus, he'd give me that and then some more. Like he wouldn't just call me into ministry and say, you know, this is going to be hard, but just, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and do it because I'm calling you to it. He's saying, I'm going to give you this whole vineyard family that's going to empower you. And so you'll never be alone. Like you have people now that can link arms with you and encourage you and open the door for you when you're shutting it on yourself or when other people are shutting it for you. So that was that cool moment of um, just feeling like I, I wanted Jesus to bring healing and he had so much more for me than I even thought. Wow. Yeah. And, and how did that happen at the conference? So there, there were multiple points where you talked about um, hearing some inspiring speakers, going to some workshops, you know, hearing women who are really empowered in that. And then also, you know, from the sounds of it, hearing uh, vineyard, vineyard folks who are men who also kind of mm -hmm. are giving permission and saying we need your voice. Um, were there any other ways that that really did come out throughout the conference? Yeah, um, I think the biggest moment for me 
uh, that was the most life-changing was um, on Friday night after uh, we heard uh, speakers talk about reconciliation and we heard Amanda Nash talk about women in leadership and where we're wanting to go as a movement. Um, and as we moved into ministry time, uh, Michael called up any, any women that felt called to pastoring just to come forward and we would have senior leaders pray over them. And I walked up front and about 50 other women, I think, walked up front too. And it was the coolest moment. I get emotional thinking about it, um, where all these men and women in senior leadership positions, I'm just laying hands on women that feel called to pastoring and just blessing them and asking Jesus to give them everything they need to set the captives free, to empower their ministry, um, and just encouraging them that uh, they're welcome here, like they're welcome in leadership and that their voices are heard and needed. And for me, that was life-changing just to see um, the radical welcome of Jesus through leaders in the Vineyard Movement to um, encouraging and disempowering me to step into what Jesus had been calling me to. And I had um, my pastor from when I was in college at Two Rivers Vineyard Church, Brian Brinkert, prayed over me and blessed me as a leader. Um, our senior pastor, Michael Gatlin, was praying over me. And as they were checking in afterwards, they asked me, like, how are you feeling? Because I was really emotional and crying and just experiencing all this healing from Jesus. And um, Michael had asked me, you know, what's Jesus doing? What is he saying? And I felt like Jesus kept saying to me, like, how much wider do I need to kick open the door for you? <laughs> like, how much, how much wider can I open it for you before you'll walk through? And it was just this cool moment of feeling like, um, just feeling the community of the Vineyard Movement around me and feeling the welcome of Jesus to just step through that door and say, like, I, I am a woman and I'm not disqualified because I'm a woman and I have something to bring to the table. And if Jesus is calling me, I have people around me to, to help me just walk through that door. Um, so that was a big moment for me. And I love how you connected that to your identity and what I was hearing earlier on of you saying, Jesus sort of opening this door that was you thought was closed because other people didn't think that um, that they would receive you as you were. You sort of knew you were created in this way and had purpose by God. Um, but it took a little bit of the community around you and Jesus doing some of this healing to say, yes, we accept you, we welcome you. You know, in, in terms of reconciliation, it sounds like uh, such, a, such an intentional way to go about seeking uh, diverse relationships rather than just saying, hey, yeah, we're open. We're open mm -hmm. to that. We're open to women in ministry or we're open to folks of color in our church. What, what I'm hearing you say there was you had folks radically go out of their way and say, yes, we want you here. We yeah. love you here just as you are. Um, so I, I can't, wow, I just can't help but um, be brought back there because I, I got to be there as well um, and just hear the, the power in your voice. Um, now and and knowing that now so so what does it look like katie now that you're home now that you hopped in the van and made it all the way back to duluth uh with a bunch of folks how are you you know in this first week or so uh, as we're recording it right after the conference um is there anything that feels different this week or are there any things that now you're like needing to think about and work on and continually process so you don't lose the good stuff that happened there yeah yeah, I'm still kind of walking that out a little bit and figuring out how to press into what Jesus spoke to me there. Um, 
I think the biggest thing for me has been um, my community, my home church. When I came back, I had so many folks ask me, like, what did Jesus do in you at the CosCon? Like, tell me more about that. And gave me the platform to just process a little bit and say what Jesus had been doing in me and the things that I felt like he was calling me to. And it was really cool. The first week that I got back from CosCon, there was already two experiences or like opportunities that were given to me to step into more leadership that I think I would have said no to before. Um, the first one was uh, there was a college student in town that was stressed out about next life steps and um, someone on our staff asked me if I would meet with her and just pray with her and encourage her. And that's something I might have um, turned down before and just pretended like I was too busy or thought maybe somebody else should do it. Um, but I said yes and I asked for help and talked to somebody beforehand and asked how those kinds of meetings would go usually. And um, then I stepped into it and said yes and met with this college student, got to pray for her. Um, and then on a Wednesday this week too, um, I had the opportunity to um, lead our worship team uh, for our youth ministry that we call The Burn. And I had played keys on the worship team before, but I had never stepped out to um, just lead worship, invite students into it and, um, you know, lead them in worship. And I said yes to that too. And um, I just felt like Jesus right away was um, giving me opportunities to say yes and to walk out that empowerment that I had received at CosCon. And I think a huge part of that for me is I have people around me here that are holding me accountable to what Jesus was speaking to me and what he was calling me into. And they're not just, you know, patting me on the back and saying, oh, what a cool experience. Like, oh, that's good. You received so much healing. But they're saying, what can we do to help you walk that out? Like, what opportunities can I give you? And um, especially for me, the thing that's been the most helpful is talking through the women in leadership issue with men. Because a lot of times um, I feel like I can just shut the door on myself in um, opportunities where I have to speak up or to lead. And to have men who sometimes have more power in those kinds of conversations or in leadership opportunities, for them to notice that in me, that that's what I could slip back into and open the door for me and ask me to walk out the calling that Jesus has on my life and take steps towards that. Um, so I would say to any CosCon attendees out there, if you don't have people in your life that are asking you about it, just step up and tell people about it. Bring people into your life that you know care about you and are going to um, encourage you to step into the calling that God has for your life and just ask them to hold you accountable um, to like move forward and then to not slip back into um, those, those hurts or those things that you had needed healing from before or those traps from the enemy and just ask people to help you continue to seek freedom and walk out your calling. Katie, thank you so much. Uh, you know, I, I know your story and, and I can't help but think that there are so many other folks who had, you know, just a, a similar story of Jesus really doing some healing and empowering them um, at the CosCon. And so thanks for taking some time out of your day to, to just process that uh, with, with me here and also with our, all of our podcast listeners. Um, so much of this is we want to make this a resource for folks so that they can continually share. And maybe, like you said there, if there's somebody who doesn't have somebody close to them, they get to listen in on this conversation. Um, we'll provide some uh, next steps in our show notes. There's some, a great post on our blog uh, about what are some good questions to ask to, to be processing what, what God's doing in your life. 
Um, and just so everybody knows, uh, all of the videos are being uh, edited and processed right now. So in the next few weeks and months, we're going to keep releasing um, new content in our, podca- our podcast. And then uh, also, um, you can relive and rewatch and share uh, all the great talks that um, happened at CosCon from our, our speakers there. So uh, again, Katie, thanks so much. Um, we just really love hearing your voice, and, uh, and I can't wait to see uh, the ways that God is going to continually empower you for leadership uh, in the years to come. Uh, you know, since I work for Multiply Selfishly, we can, you know, we can talk about planting a church someday too, but we'll, we'll save that conversation for another episode. Isn't that beautiful? Just a conversation that's like honest and real and vulnerable. I'm just really excited to hear how uh, God has been at work in Katie's life. And my prayer is that he's been uh, stirring up some things in your heart, even as you reflect on your time in Kansas City. I would encourage you to, just like Katie was talking about, find that community, find those people to uh, you know, unpack what God was doing, what God is continuing to do, and to really hold you maybe uh, kind of accountable, not in like an obligated kind of way, but in an encouraging and pushing you forward into all that God has for you kind of way. And so if you are looking for that, uh, and if you haven't found that, I would encourage you to talk to your pastor, talk to uh, whoever's leading, uh, you know, young adult ministries in your church. Uh, if you need some help, uh, just give us a shout out, uh, hashtag cause to live for, or get in touch with us uh, through the Multiply Vineyard team. And we would love to get you connected with some people to help journey through this with you. If you have stories from Ca- uh, CauseCon, we would love to hear those. Again, hashtag cause to live for, that's on all the different social medias. You can keep track of uh, the videos and the content that's being uploaded from the conference at causeconference.com. And uh, make sure you tune in monthly. We're going to have monthly podcasts here with different folks from uh, throughout the vineyard. You'll want to tune in next month for a conversation with Amanda Nash from Vineyard Columbus. And we'll look forward to connecting with you soon. God bless you. We're so excited for what he has done and his promises to continue to do. We'll see you soon.